Hello and welcome to this Pod Academy podcast with me, Andrew Morris. In this edition, taking the fear out of Shakespeare. If you find the language difficult, what's the best way to approach it? Well, later you'll hear from a Shakespeare specialist with her thoughts on the subject. But my search for an answer begins at London's Globe Theatre. The stage is set for Shakespeare's tale of star-crossed lovers, Romeo and Juliet. There's Mercutio dressed as Batman and some other characters in fancy dress. Elvis and Marge from The Simpsons. The challenge for these actors in this open-air theatre is to fill this cavernous space. The Globe can seat and stand up to 1,500 people, so actors have to speak clearly and maintain all the rhythm and sense of Shakespeare's language. Although this is a rehearsal, I can see how this production is really starting to bring Shakespeare to life. It's colourful and vibrant. There's even a bit of street dance. It's modern, but they've stayed faithful to the language in the play. Many of us have bad memories of reading Shakespeare for the first time. Maybe you feel that nothing would move you to try again. Or perhaps now you wish you tried a bit harder. The truth is, a lot of people struggle with Shakespeare, even professional actors. And when they need help, they turn to an expert. People tell me, and I have actors tell me this, I'm no good at Shakespeare, I can't do Shakespeare. And people even tell me I actually don't like Shakespeare. Acting coach and Shakespeare enthusiast, Jenny Buckman. But, you know, whenever I say to people, what do you think that means? I promise you, nine times out of ten, what they think it means is exactly what it means. Grief fills the room up of my absent child, lies in his bed, walks up and down with me, puts on his pretty looks, repeats his words, remembers me of all his gracious parts, stuffs out his vacant garments with his form. Then have I reason to... So I really think it helps to read it out and actually enjoy the feeling of the words in your mouth. And sometimes you won't understand a word to hell with it. We don't all understand every word, but mostly you will get it if you stop thinking you're too stupid. That's the worst thing. People think they're too stupid. They're not. And Jenny should know because she's coached people at all levels of ability during her 30 year career. She's been head of acting at London's Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts and she's worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company and the National Theatre in the UK. Now she teaches privately at her London home. Take your coat off. Will Will you have a coffee or a tea? Water. 
Thank you so much. We're in her kitchen, where one of her students is giving us his Richard III. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this son of York, and all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarms changed to merry meetings. My name is Hamza. At the moment, I'm working on the, uh, the first speech in Richard III. wrinkled front, and now, instead of mounting barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasings of a lute. I'm an actor, but I've not had very, very much training. Most of my training has been on film sets and in fringe theatre productions. And it was great fun and I loved it and, you know, I've always loved Shakespeare. And want love's majesty to strut before a wanton, ambling nymph. I, that am curtailed of this. So what can you do to get a better understanding of Shakespeare? Jenny Buckman has some useful, practical advice. I would always suggest reading it out aloud, if you if you can bear to. And actually, for starters, I know this sounds silly, obey the punctuation. You've got the iambic, which is a heartbeat. There are sort of five beats in a line. It's ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. And some people get so panicked by the fact it's in blank verse that they put it into prose and they just say it, you know, any old way. Okay. All right. So just try it that one more time, but I that am not shaped. But I that am not shaped for sportive tricks, nor made to court an amorous looking glass. A line ending isn't the end. There's more to come. So you've got to be physical in the way of making sure your breath and your voice literally carry the words. They've got to do the words justice. I, that am rudely stamped, and want love's majesty to strut before a wanton, ambling nymph. Sorry, just to pick it up again. Sure. Um, uh, I, that am rudely stamped, and want meaning lack love's yeah. majesty. Yeah. I... That am rudely stamped. If there is a sentence which goes on for 21 lines or whatever, and he does do that, and you think, my goodness gracious, how can I get to the end of this? That's because what the character has to say is terribly complicated. The emotions are difficult, the facts are difficult, and so it takes 21 lines. He's also got sentences which are one word long. To help students understand how the language works... Jenny uses a range of teaching techniques. One of them is something she calls the what exercise. Jenny explains. Talking about line endings, if there's punctuation and you've got a good copy, use it, because life is far too short, use the punctuation. But if you just ignore the line endings, then you're just doing prose. So it makes perfect sense to say, I that am rudely stamped and want love's majesty to strut before a wanton ambling nymph. That's fine. It makes sense. But you lose the heartbeat and the rhythm and actually the spontaneity. So if I ask you what after majesty and you keep your thought going, you keep your breath going and you answer it in your own way with the beginning of the next line let's see what happens okay. yeah i that am rudely stamped 
and want love's majesty what? to strut before a wanton ambling nymph. What? I, that am curtailed of this fair proportion, cheated of feature by dissembling nature, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time what? into this... Ah, uh, you, 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 you just... It was beautiful. Did you hear this? You yeah, sent before my time... Right. Where, where, I should say? Into this breathing world. Yes. Scarce half made up. We'll catch up with Hamza again later. Already, he's starting to discover that reading and performing Shakespeare requires more than physical energy. It's a mental exercise, too. The way you think about the text will influence how you say it. Once one starts seeing the verse as a particular kind of structure, which has breakages and so forth, but, you know, it is very uh, neat and very clear, you start sort of thinking that it is a little bit like a mask. Jatinda Verma is artistic director of Tara Arts, a British theatre company highly praised for its diverse approaches to Shakespeare. The job of the actor is to approach the mask. In other words, is to fill the mask. The verse gives every direction to the act, if you follow its rules. Shall I just do the yeah. leading? Is that all right? Um, horrid slave, which any print of goodness will not take, so goodness doesn't stick to you, being capable of all ill, I pitied thee, took pains to make thee speak, taught thee each hour one thing or other. Jenny's reading from The Tempest, Shakespeare's story about identity in exile, key themes for Tara Arts in their 2007 production. Shakespeare's works are open to interpretation, and that's why they have something to offer every kind of audience. Jatenda Verma again. I mean, my first experience of, of seeing Shakespeare was in Nairobi, in, in Kenya. And it was a, a version of, of Hamlet, and uh, which, which was done in Hindi. Shakespeare's very aware of when someone doesn't do their duty or does a wrong duty, and things begin, you know, the, the world begins to turn with tragic consequences in some cases. And that seems to me to be something which is deeply Indian. Indian society still is extremely hierarchical. And I suppose that's another way of saying that he's dealing with humans, really with all their foibles, their extreme contradictions, uh, and their beauty. And so each age, A, recognises these humans because I think those values go on through the centuries in whatever culture you're in. Um, But B, that each age has another set of experiences which it then looks and brings to the text. old lady Macbeth, I like her. Shall I do the first thing? Raymond himself his horse that croaks the fatal entrance of Duncan under my battlements. So now she calls on her spirits. Come, you spirits that tend on mortal thoughts, unsex me here, and fill me from the crown to the toe, top full of direst cruelty. Make thick my blood. Stop up the... I must say there's something about that construction of language, which I hadn't appreciated beforehand, of how the very construction makes it enduring. His commas, his full stops, give you a guide in terms of breathing. 
And in the process of that seemingly technical exercise, actually what comes out is the character, the motivations, the story. Come to my woman's breasts and take my milk for gall, you murdering ministers. So what she's saying is, please, come on, spirit, don't let me be a woman. Let me be male, with no remorse, no pity. Let me be nothing but murder. And again, those consonants unsex me. Direst cruelty, thick my blood. You know, that yum, yum, yum. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm beginning to. But what does Jenny's student make of all those chewy sounds? Here's Hamza again in the closing stages of his Richard III. This day should Clarence closely be mewed up by a prophecy which reads that G of Edward's heirs the murderer shall be. Dive thoughts down into my soul. Here Clarence comes. Don't, don't do that. You well, can't, that's still a line. Shakespeare spent a lot of time writing yes, that line. So true, so true. <laughs> Very much better. I mean, the more you do it, the more easy it can be. I mean, you're still slightly sort of performing it. And I still think you can even go more sort of personal and get me on the, but I am really something. I think it's it's that changeover from uh, the first bit, which is performing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And as you perform it, I can see you actually your physicality as you deliver the words, you know, yeah. that you have to do it in a physical way. That definitely. makes an impact, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can't help but not do it that way. Do you actually understand every word that you're speaking? Is that important to the way that you deliver the lines? I mean, definitely. I mean, I thought I did, to be honest, until I started working with Jenny. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out that there's lots that I didn't get. I'd even learned a lot of it, and I've had to unlearn it because I've learned it in a certain way and now I need to kind of re- redo it and rethink it, particularly with the what exercise. Now, ju- just talking about the language, and you really got this out actually, there are lovely repetition, our bruised arms, our stern alarums, our dreadful marches, wonderful repetition which he uses sort of as mock majestic which I thought you brought out beautifully and then you've got these wonderful L's, lascivious pleasing of a lute. Shakespeare puts attitude in there like it or not by just saying those consonants you kind of got an attitude and do you not feel that as as you're saying it? Definitely um, you can, I mean, you can taste it. I found that I'd complicated it a lot more than, than it actually needed to be. And I think that that's a, the simplicity thing is something that Absolutely. you definitely can't beat. So it sounds like Hamza is over his fear of Shakespeare, and I hope you feel inspired to read the plays and see them performed. My thanks to all who've contributed to this podcast, the Globe Theatre in London, Jatinda Verma at Tara Arts and Hamza. And special thank yous to acting coach Jenny Buckman and Tess Woodcraft at the Pod Academy. Taking the Fear Out of Shakespeare was written, produced and presented by me, Andrew Morris. Thanks for listening. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>